learned last week, or we've been learning, about God's position or place in our lives in regards to our resources. For the Lord, um, the, the, everything in the Lord, earth is the Lord's, and it's, it's, it's given by Him. I had a scripture here, I think at some point, for one, but it's not here, and I just don't have it memorized. Everything in the Lord is, is of the Lord, and it belongs to Him. That's my prayer. Everything that is, that has been created, that we possess, really belongs to Jesus. And so where do we go from there? Well, we start, I believe, as we are surrendering our stuff, we start by then positioning ourselves in a place of giving. One of the ways that we release is we give back. The direction of our giving could be multifaceted, and we'll talk about that, but in every act of giving, and it's not just financial, it's our talents, our time, etc. We're, we're focusing on the financial here. But it's all of those things that we give, we give ultimately unto the Lord. And one of the ways that the scripture talks about us giving is giving our first fruits. What does first fruits mean? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, honor the Lord, let's put my keys down, but I'm holding on, I mean, I'm, you're, if you're in my mind here, <coughs> Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. When you look at any giving passage of scripture, in any passage of scripture in the Bible about giving, I just want to go ahead and give you the end at the beginning. Every passage talks about God blessing the community. Now, where it gets perverted is that when we give, we give less. Right? So what I'm not preaching today, what I don't think the scripture teaches, is that our world or life is about doing whatever we can do to get more blessing for our lives. Actually, when Jesus gets a hold of our life, we lose our life. We actually, the more mature we are, the more we think less about our lives and the lives of others. We'll learn, we'll hear some stories today about givers who let go and started to give, and they couldn't contain the blessing of God because God knew that if he gave them more, they'd give more. <laughs> amen. amen. You always like amens when they're not needed, but when they're needed, you got to give them to me. That's an amen. Interesting story that maybe uh, there might be differences of opinion in here, but you're going to get mine today. Genesis 4, the story of Cain and Abel, right? So we have an offering. Our first offering in scripture, right? Cain and Abel give offerings. The, the Lord says, and let's read this passage of scripture. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. And when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, but look how it highlights it here. He brought the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain? Why do you look so de dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Remember, we talked about uh, where our heart is, that's where our treasure, and we also learned... Um, that, that uh, 
We can't have two masters. We can't have money and God be a master. And this is the first illustration of God saying, there's something not right in your heart, Cain. You didn't give, implication, you didn't give by faith. You didn't worship. You didn't give the best of what you had. And I rejected your offering. Some will say that this is about a, this is a type of the reason that uh, Abel's offering was accepted is because it was a blood sacrifice, and that it was a that was a, a picture of what Christ was giving. I don't. Maybe maybe that's a part of it, but that wouldn't be why God would reject Cain as a farmer that he didn't give a blood sacrifice and he couldn't give. Hebrews actually lets us know what was going on there when it talks about. Um, by faith, Hebrews 11.4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. <coughs> Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Why was it faith for Abel to give the best of his flocks and the first of his flocks? Because when we give our first fruits, we're saying something. We're saying, God, you deserve the best in my life because the best that I have has come from you. Amen. And God, I can give you the best or the most pressure, the most treasure or the first things that I see that are coming into my life, right? The first thing. Well, we don't know how many things are going to come, how many cattle are going to come after the, but I'm going to give you the first thing out of the, out of the gate. Because I trust that whatever comes after that is a blessing from you, that you're not going to leave me high and dry. We make the decision of faith and giving before we count everything up and go, can I do it? God, you've got my first fruits. Many of us don't live that way. We start with a family name. I always love it when uh, we're eating dessert at our house. This happens very often, very little now. But sometimes we're eating dessert. There's something really awesome that people like, and I haven't gotten any yet. Right? So I go up to one of my kids who has a piece of cake that was theoretically bought by my paycheck. Right? So I own that piece of cake. But right now it's on their plate. And they don't understand the concept of daddy's hard-earned money. Is their piece of cake. So I don't have one. And I say, Isaac, can I have a piece of cake? Can I have some of your cake? And what's the first thing that Isaac does? He looks at that cake. And he thinks, I better eat it quick. Before, I, before dad gets up. Because you know, dads take big bites. Right? Dad takes way more of a bite than I want him to take sometimes. So Isaac, immediately when I ask, he goes, <laughs> right? I got it. And what's he thinking? I want this cake. And if I give daddy some cake, he's, I might not have all the cake that I want. And, I, and if I give dad the first option to take a bite, he takes big bites sometimes. He might eat the whole cake. No, he's not thinking all this. I'm not this collective, but it's all happening in the background. I'm not sure that he'll leave me anything. Therefore, I'm going to eat it quick and eat a lot of it. 
said to yourself and or to me, Pastor, I just want you to know that I want to heal. But right now, I don't have a lot of faith. And I'm not sure that if I get some of this faith, I'm going to be healed of it. So when I finish eating this cake and getting everything that I feel like I need, or that I want, and we, of course, we never say that. It's never about what we want, right? It's all about what we need. And I'll give you, God, a little bit of the cake that's left over. First fruits say, God, I need you first. Get it fresh. Because my act of worship is all faith. But if you are a good God, you're not going to eat up all the cake. You're going to make a whole nother cake. You're going to whatever I need and way beyond what I need most of the time. But you're going to take care of me and I bless you. So first fruits God also talks about in our giving. Not just giving first but giving our time. Now all of you who are liberated from the Old Testament and live in the New Testament, y'all can just put a pause and not listen to, to me so I get to the New Testament scripture. But for all of you that are still believing the Old Testament so you just listen to God talks about tithes and offerings. Let's read Malachi 3. Should people cheat God? That you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean when, when did we ever cheat you, God? When did, uh, one, one translation says, rob you. I actually like that, that, that translation a little bit better because it, 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 it speaks to what really is going on a little bit stronger. We have cheated or we have robbed God tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing. I'll pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, or one version says, test me, or put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from the insect and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of, Lord of Heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Have you ever noticed that when you live in a scarcity mentality, when you're living for yourself first and you're giving God the leftovers, that even the things that you're holding on to, you can't hold on to? That even the things that you think you got the field, you got the, you got the, you got the, um, the high fences around the, the, the field, you got the best pesticides, you got all the proper controls and all the proper investments, you got all of the bank accounts set up just nice, you got all your cars tuned up, and then you have a blowout. And then something happens to the stock market, and then you lose your job. And all your protections and all your security, all of a sudden, have you ever noticed that in one day things can dramatically change, even though you've got it all worked out? Why? Because you are not the one that ultimately secures your life. God secures your life. 
God protects us. Now, sometimes he gives us wisdom and strategies to be a part of that protection process. I'm not, I'm not belittling any of that, but if that is our only line of defense, apart from the trust of God, then we are going to not only see our crops devour at times, but we're going to see our lives shaken because we're going to lose control in that one area. But when our hope is in God, even when things get shaken, and listen, there's some incredibly giving and generous people who've lost lots of money in the stock market. There's some incredibly generous tithe and offering people who have been through really, really hard times in this room and have had what looks like their crops devoured. The difference when that happens, their spiritual crop is alive. Their hope is secure. Their trust in the Lord is good. And whether they are lean, as Paul said, whether, he says, I've lived without or with plenty, and the same God has sustained me through and through. I can have what the world sees as a lack, or I can have mansions on this earth, but neither one of them provide the security that I need. My security is in the Lord, so that when we see in Malachi 3, God saying, you're robbing me, he's saying, listen, if your security is in your resources, your world's going to fall apart at some point. Just go ahead and count on that. But when you put your trust in me, you're going to remain secure no matter what is happening. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying ten dollars get you a hundred. Hundred dollars get you a thousand. What I am saying is you release your financial stability, you obey the Lord, and God uses to bring your blessing to your life. A tithe means a tenth, by the way. So when he says give me a tithe, he's saying give me a tenth of your resources. Instructed the people of Israel to this. I believe not because he was wanting to hurt them. I think he was wanting to free them from dependence on money and free them from idols. And instituting and instructing it's good to give to the things of God. It's good to give. It's good to give. Where? To your storehouse, to your church, the place that, that provides leadership, equipping, love, life. Are you talking about yourself now? Let me just say this right now. If everybody in this room in this campaign gave twice or three times as much as they give, my salary is not going to increase on Sunday. I am not working on commission. I, I am, I'm not preaching this message so that I can get something, some new car or something. This is not about you bless me, I, I get blessed. I'm not preaching a message for me. I'm preaching a message from God. For me and you. Guess what? When God talks about tithing, he doesn't exclude the priests. I tithe. Everything I receive from this church, the first 10% 10 of my check goes directly in direct deposit right back to the river. Well, that doesn't make sense. You only get paid 90%. You calculate it. I just get paid and I tithe because that's what God says to do. We're all doing it. Doing it because I mean I said I'm doing it. God's calling us all to do it because He wants to set us free and He wants to bless us. He wants to free us from idols. I received an email this week from one of one of people in our congregation who's on a journey with us uh, and is praying through this and God's doing a work in her heart.
worship on this because God is doing some of the idols in my life. And I'm letting things go. I'm letting things go, and God's working, and I just want to, and, and her report was, and I just want to give you a chance that as God has seen my heart, as I've been responding, <coughs> He blessed me. He, 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 he showed just a little bit of His goodness by. Um, providing a source of income that she was not expecting, that was not on her radar, and it was a little sus- I call it a little, a little gift from God. Hey, I love you. I see your heart. God's dealing with the idols and the strongholds in our life. God wants us to be ones who give our first fruits. He wants us to be ones who give our tithe. What is our tithe? The first fruits is, is off the top. An act of declaration of faith. It's an offering. It's a God, you've got control. And then a tenth is, what do I have? Here's a tenth of it. Take it. Take, take a tenth of what I have. You, you don't have to do it. I'm not going to look at you. And I'm, I'm not going to set up appointments with everybody with all of you and your bankers. I just want you to know that I have practiced this ever since I've worked. And I've never been like ready to. Always walk in the abundance and blessings of the Lord. It's just a given. When I got married, Laura and I got married, I said, you know, when, when we talked about finances, I said, you know, I'm a tither. I am too. Let's just do this thing. Tithing is the start of our joy and giving. God wants it to be a start for you. By the way, American Christians give about 2 or 3 percent. Church is really not a tithe. Statistics say that we give about two to three percent of our income. Randy Alcorn says it this way: He says many people can't afford to give because they're not giving. to God first, and then he will help us pay our debts. Another way he says it is this, he says, I can't, some people say, I can't afford to tithe. Well, are you going to die when you tithe? <laughs> no. Then you can afford to do the tithe. <laughs> not going to die. God's going to take care of you. Okay, that's just Randy. I didn't say that. I <laughs> like that illustration, Pastor. Okay, what about the New Covenant? What about the New Testament? For those of you who turned off yours, you can go ahead and open yours up again. Is he out of that Old Testament? Okay. New Testament. For those of you who don't believe that we don't are not commanded to tithe, and I'm not even touting here that you're commanded to tithe. I'm just saying, if you want to be blessed by God, and you want to get free from your finances, the tithe is a good place to start. But Jesus affirmed the tithe in Matthew 23, and he said, What are you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites? You give a tenth of your spice. He's dealing with the heart. You give a tenth of your mint, your dill, your cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a nap but swallow a camel. Working at the heart, but he didn't, he didn't say, you don't have to tithe, it's about your heart. He said, hey, you should be getting your heart right with God and continuing to give to the Lord. 1 Timothy 5 says, in regards to where our tithe goes. It says the elders who direct the affairs of the church, well, 
Church, well, now that might be where we get a little bit hung up there. Might be where you go, well, when you start doing it well, I'll start giving. Are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is trading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. While that ox is working, he's eating. Getting fed. Or he's laboring. Paul is very clear that if there is a call of the church to set aside some people to give their full time to minister not only to the church, but to reach out to the community, it's important for you guys to take care of us. I don't have a problem saying that. Fire me and I'll take care of the next guy. I'm part of it. Because that's what God and if you say, well, I still haven't heard it. You haven't answered me. No type thing here, buddy. You haven't proved it to me. Okay, don't tie. Just deal with the church next. Get two dead and you'll be okay. God says, you don't cry. You just live this one. All the believers devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. And share the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met at home for Lord's Supper, shared their meals and great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Okay, so if we're New Testament people, then it really isn't about the tithe anyway, so let's forget about the tithe and let's just get to 100%. I've got Charlie back there with some contracts. We brought in a couple of real estate agents, and we're ready to go. What do you got? I've been to some of your houses. I can't wait to have it. I'm going to do that. For all of you who just like to be right, forget about the tithe for you. Just take care of the family of God. Take care of the people you're ministering to. And give everything you have to the Lord. And I bet pray every year. Can we increase our, we get really technical. I, I, I track every penny of my, we spend. Lord, please. Thinks I'm crazy. I track it. I like to see those numbers. And I pray every year, God, we gave this percentage last year. I want to give another percentage point this year. I want to get to a story that I'm going to share later where I'm way beyond percentages that seem normal for human people to give. Because every time I give, you outgive me. Because the scripture says it's more blessed to give than receive. So if you're hung up by the tithe, just forget about it. You don't have to agree with me. Just let God get a hold of your heart and give completely to the Lord and see if he doesn't reconcile your bank book that when you go back and look at it, you go, holy cow, I think I gave more than 10% to the church this year. And I can't give more to other things. Because when God gets a hold of our heart, he gets radical and goes crazy. And I don't I want to walk into his blessing. I want to be free. I want to take care of the church. I want to, I want to, I want to bless the things that God is blessing. This deep campaign is about blessing the things that God is blessing. 
And I'm not bragging about myself, but I believe that God's doing something really cool at the River Church. Come on. And I think that there's some really awesome things that God wants to do, and I think there's some awesome people that God's brought to us, the Hollingsworths and the Prickets and the Halleys, and, and I think that God has more awesome people to bring to labor among us. And I think that when, when uh, Jamie got up here and said, we're praying for the children to be revival starters in this community, I'm believing that we're not just going to get excited about being in this beautiful building, it'll get more beautiful, but we're getting excited about being out on the streets in Waltham and being in the homes of people's lives and starting more faith groups and starting more outreach groups and starting things that meet the, the needs of the people in the city. I think there's something really awesome going on here. Come on. So if you say, well, why are you talking about it? I think we got a great church. And if we got a great church, we want to start giving and getting behind what God is doing because where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. I'm willing to give, and we're going to pray this week, Laura and I, and we're going to say, God, what's the final number? And I pray that when we get a number in our heads, that we can look at each other and go, can we go a little bit more? Can we go a little bit more? Can we test God a little bit more? He said that I should do it. He said, come on. I, this is actually one of my favorite passages of Scripture in regards to the personality of God. Come on. I think he said, come on. You think that you're going to outgive me. You think you're going to get to a place where you're going to be an elect. Just go ahead and test me. And see if I can't outgive you and take you. I love that about you. Okay, Brittany, come here. I've got too much to say. I've talked a lot about Ty, but can I just say that as he's coming up, offerings. Offering, tithing is giving. Tithing is giving what God. What you, tithing is just kind of like giving what God thinks. Stop at the tithe. It's like tithe for me is like the starting point. Okay, God, here it is. That's just that's that's so I don't have an idol in my life, and so that I can help the church do what it's wanting to do, and whatever you want to do with that, God, you do with it. Now, God, what do I get to give to? What kind of offerings do I get to give? When, and so we do this all the time. When people in need or when situations come up, we always pray about it, and we don't look at our percentages. We just say, God, what are you putting faith in our heart to do? And sometimes we give beyond what we think our percentages should be. Because God stirs us with an offering in our heart. The poor, the needy, the mission, whatever. God, we want to always be giving. Because God knows we can. Brennan has a story I think actually know that. Share together, so we're, we're here together. Uh, we've been in, we've been in a bit of a transition. Uh, we, we just moved back from Uganda a few months ago. Uh, Sean said I was supposed to be done sharing now. <laughs> I just came from services lasted three to four hours. So I didn't know But in, in this in this transition, the Lord has been uh, working within in our hearts as a family. Um, and there's a, a couple of, of stories I want to share about the Lord's been doing. share a little bit today. Um, by the way, Noah, Noah uh, picked out this shirt today. Uganda. The Monday market in, in the world. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's thank 
everywhere. Um, one, one, one side thought I wanted to share with you. Sean, every, almost every Sunday has, has something to say about what the Lord's been teaching him through his kids. And I wanted to say to fathers, our, our children, especially fathers, our children teach us about the fathers, our moms too. And I just want to say, when, 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 when you feel that hand of the Lord on your shoulder now, and you say, transitioning, getting ready to America. Every, everything, everything was crazy. We were sleeping in, in different beds at different times. Hey, Mom, would you pass it over? Uh, we were sleeping, sleeping in beds at different times, different, different places, different times. Uh, all our stuff was being put in boxes, given away, and Noah was really wrestling with, uh, with all the changes in life, and part of it that was hard was when, as we were, we couldn't bring everything back and we were giving away things in Several points I sat down with, with Noah and I said, Noah, even as even as we're leaving some of life behind here, the Lord is going to provide it again. He's going to give us new things. He, he knows He knows our hearts. He knows our need. And uh, and again, the Lord put His finger on it. Continues to put His finger on my heart because as 
Yeah. Say I was sick, I mean, I've, not, I have no idea how the insurance is going to work out. I mean, there's some days that were really good. Uh, I was trusting the Lord, but there's some days I was really fighting. And uh, and as as we've come back, I don't know how many of y'all know our, our story, but as we've come back, the Lord, through you, the body, has poured out his love on me. Uh, uh, an entire apartment was filled in one week. <laughs> top to bottom. Uh, what I'm wearing today, shoes, socks, pants, shirt. When I got here, uh, Sean walked into his um, his bedroom, pulled out his underwear drawer, and did <laughs> 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 the, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord cares for us. And, and even in that, I am struggling because I didn't earn it. And, and I, I want to be, I want to, I want to deserve it. I want to earn it because then I get to control it. I get to control it. And, and, and it is about yielding. It is about receiving. Yes, so that, so that I can, I, I can, I can experience the heart of my father, but also so that I can be a vessel to be poured out. And uh, one, 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 one little, uh, one little, one more little key thing to add at the end. Uh, when I was in college, uh, we had a great basketball team, a small university with a good basketball team. We'd pack out the house. Incredible, incredible games. And uh, it, as I think back about my college time, we did such rude, demeaning things, deflating things. Let's have the Seahawks. You're going to feel at the end of the day today, right? The one thing, one thing that one thing that we, that we as college students would do as as the as the minutes were winding down and it was a big victory, we we pull out our keys and start doing this. And you know what that meant? Let me go start the bus. It's time for you to go. Game over. We're done here. And then we start singing the song. I never hear it at, at games now, but you know what song we start singing? Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. We start waving. That's that's what this that's what this freedom is about. It's about saying, "Enemy, go start the bus. We're we're done here. We're, we are free. Not just not just to enjoy ourselves in the Lord, but we are free to, to let your kingdom flow through us. So when you pick up your keys and you've released them to the Lord, every day when you walk out the door and start the car, you can say, "See it, enemy. You don't have control." Of and, and, and my mission, I am commissioned to be a minister of reconciliation, to pour myself out because I know that my Father is going to be Amen. Amen.